everybody. Welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronnie Zoom. Baby, we got to get you onto those Zoom calls. Uh, you're no longer Zooming around the country through the air. Uh, you're Zooming around the country via the internet on your on your Zoom life. Spe- speaking of, Pipe, our boy's making money moves. He's he's using COVID nineteen to uh, to to line up some money moves, and I love it. Uh, oh. Baby, can we can we talk about the new uh, the new movie podcast, like the Zoom the Zoom podcast? I don't even know what we're calling this thing. The Magnificent Seven is that what yeah. you're talking about? Baby? Tell me all about it, because baby, listen to me. I don't know anybody on this roster besides you and Pipe and at Jersey, <laughs> who I only know by like association, because you guys are were best man in each other's wedding. Um, you you t- know him, but the- you know him by not getting emails from him. Yes, exactly. I, I know him via the email exchanges we've had that have been rich. And uh, tell, tell me about the new show, baby. All right. So I can only give away so much info because we're still kind of putting it together. But um, we want to do this thing where we're calling it the Magnificent Seven. Where we're getting seven of us um, together, you know, on a Zoom. We're going to sort of uh, we're just going to riff on, on things like movies, maybe books, maybe music, maybe sermons, things of that nature. And uh, we're going to try to drop one of these things next week uh, on a particular movie that all of us watched. And then we'll Zoom it. We'll record it. And then we'll release it. It'll just be something fun to watch, uh, you know, as you have all this downtime. So nice, baby. Now, uh, walk me through, like, whose idea was this? Well, I kind of stole the idea from Karen Swallow Pryor, who kind of did did something similar with a, uh, believe it or not, with uh, with with our my favorite and your favorite Terry Malick, and uh, oh, his, his recent movie. What so a I thought, lovely well, man! What a lovely man with a lovely yeah. name who who makes a lot of lovely movies and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just thought, hey, let's do our own version of that. Uh, maybe make yeah. it a little more, you know, lighthearted, and let's do something like a movie that's a little more lighthearted. Movies, movies that people enjoy watching is what you're getting at. That's what we're going to try <laughs> to do with this. And then obviously, you know, we've been wanting to involve Jared C for a while in something, and since we don't do outside guests, uh, on yeah, because he's not very busy. Yeah. I mean, that poor guy's just sitting around. He literally has know? not a thing to do right now. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm I'm curious how many books he's going to write just during quarantine. Like he writes a book a month just for kicks and giggles. I'm wondering if he's going to do like 17 books while while trapped in his basement office. I think he'll just have time to finish the ones he already has like eight deals for. Pipe. Well, I know what he's not writing. Emails to me. <laughs> Son of a. Now walk. Give me the scouting reports, okay? I want like a. I want a couple of sentences of scouting report on each. Each person on this roster, because I don't know who these people are. I don't. I don't. Well, hold on. I don't. Stuff. We haven't nailed them all down yet, so I don't want to go pub with it yet. Gee. Okay. So okay. We definitely know we have Jared C on the okay. roster, yeah. and uh, so we're still working out some of the other guests. So. Jared C said yes as you were just like working his traps the other night a little bit. Absolutely, you know, man. We were chatting. Yeah. We were hanging out, and uh, you know, doing a little like Zoom baking with the wives. Online. Oh, wow! And, uh, That's so cute. Know, what a time! You guys are adorable. It was, hey, it was delicious to get, together Christmas cards this year. You and Absolutely. the Wilsons, Christmas, all in Christmas all the posters. Same, yeah, all in the same white T-shirt on the beach. Boy, it's one hundred. It's happening. It's all Dude, there. If, if Jer- okay, let me give you a scenario. All right, he's on the khakis, though, baby. You know who you're talking to. No, 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 no. This scenario involves khakis. Mm-mm. You, you <laughs> stylish son of a bee. Okay, dude, you're dude. T's angry, but dude, no, I'm not angry. coming. I'm coming in spicy. He's so today. bored. He's so, so bored. bored. No, listen. Coming out. 
This is the scenario, okay? So Jared Zooms you this afternoon. I know you're noon. I know your 12 o'clock Zoom is with the, the Wilsons. They're Jared and the missus there. Um, so if they Zoom you and they're like, Ronald, listen to me. Here's the deal. Um, our Christmas card, we're doing a joint Christmas card this year. It's you and Melissa and, and, and me and uh, whatever Jared's wife is, is called. On the beach, in khakis, and a white t-shirt. And you're bristling at this inside. You're going, I'm Ronald J. Martin, doggone it. I don't wear khakis. I don't do khakis. But, but listen to me. If the deal is, if you agree to this with the khakis and the white t-shirt on the beach, I'll give you the plenary session that you've always wanted. Okay? So you get a main stager, but you have to appear in khakis and a white t-shirt on, on Jared's Christmas card. Oh, if, your, only Jared, if only Jared had the power to do that. To grant me a plenary. Jared knows people. He's 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 a power guy. He knows he knows these people. Um, are you doing so it? Is the answer you're, yes? you're doing a hypothetical. I'm you, doing a hypothetical. Mean, yeah. So just so hold on. So a Christmas card wearing khakis and white tees with uh, with Jared C and the missus for a Christmas card, and I get I get the plenary at some conference that's probably going to get canceled. Is that you get the plenary that you've always wanted? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the scenario. What are you What are you saying? Um. And they're yes. baggy khakis too. They're baggy rumpled. They have a hammer loop on the side. Hammer loop. <laughs> Next, you're going to say they're cargo pants, man. Cargo. No, no, they're these cargo. are these they're are carpenter khakis. Works. We're not we're not crazy here. No cargos, just carpenter. They're, car- they're carpenter khakis. Boys, you put me in a real vulnerable situation here. I, I I'm going to have to think. You're a nice, this. clean cut Christian man, Christian family man, and khakis. I'm all, I'm all grown up. You're grown up and you're grown up and you're grown up. I'm gonna have to think about this. Give me to the end of the program. I think about it. I'm gonna yeah, check in lot. with you at the end of the uh, Piper. You've given me a lot, man. I've given you so much to think about. Piper, uh, tell us about our sponsors. <laughs> nice right. shift. That was a beautiful transition. <laughs> yeah, seriously, caught me off yeah, guard. Wow, uh, dude, just, everything's all jagged for me today. It's it is all jagged. jagged. Hold yeah. on, let's go before you hit the sponsors, Pipe. What's yeah. going on, T? You, you see, man, dude, you are, so, dude, you are just on a tear right now, man. Dude, I'm on a tear. I'm on a rampage. I'm on a, a rant. On a, yeah, quarantine rampage. You're truly no, living gonna, up to the name of our bro, our podcast, man. Baby, listen, I'm going to try to smooth it out, though. Okay, I'm going to try to be a pro. unhappy rant. I'm going to be a radio pro this morning, and I'm going to smooth it out. All right, okay. Piper, let's do some business. <laughs> <laughs> Your tone was better. Your transition yeah, was yeah. just as abrupt, but we'll go with it. Yeah. Um, so we've got we've got two sponsors. The first is uh. InterVarsity Press with the book Our Good Crisis by Jonathan Dodson. The subtitle is Overcoming Moral Chaos with the Beatitudes. It's a pastoral reflection on how the Beatitudes adjust our hearts and our thinking in the midst of moral confusion and anxiety and the worries of the day. So just a very Christ-centered look at um, at how to sort through those things using the words of Jesus um, Dodson and his crew at Gospel Centered Discipleship have done some stuff with the Happy Rant in the past, a, a past sponsorship. Ronnie's done some stuff for them. I've done some stuff for them. Ted, have you ever done any writing and or uh, webinaring for Gospel Centered Discipleship? I don't think so. Okay. That doesn't ring a bell, but maybe. 
But maybe. I mean, it's yeah. when you've written as much as you have, it's hard to keep track. So I understand. Not that. as much as Jared. See, I'm not writing 17 books in my basement like this guy is. <laughs> yeah, being pro- <laughs> being prolific, it's just you lose track of what you do. So That's Jonathan true. Dodson is the author. The book is Our Good Crisis, Overcoming Moral Chaos with the Beatitudes. It's available now. I would say order from Amazon, but they're delaying all shipments on anything that's non-essential these days. So order from ChristianBook.com. Check out the – there's a website called Ten of These. Um, there is – you know, if you have local Christian bookstores, order through them. It's a good time to to support anybody who's not Amazon since they're not supporting you these days. Our second sponsor wow. is Dwell Bible App. Um, there goes that Amazon sponsorship. We were yeah, I know. That's out, that's out down the tubes. Yeah, Jeff well, Bezos is never going to call me. But he's going to be like Jared C. He's not going to return my emails anymore. Yeah, yeah seriously, it's I'm, done. I, poor Bezos. How's he ever surviving? He's like Scrooge McDuck, just doing backflips into his piles of money. So I don't feel <laughs> exactly. super bad for him. Um, second sponsor is Dwell Bible app. It's an audio Bible app uh, for any mobile device. Um, great for... Um, listening plans, memorization, getting ready to study, just having on as sort of a an uplifting, encouraging thing in the background as you go about your life. They have multiple readers, multiple. They have musical backgrounds. They have a whole bunch of different things that that make it a more of an experience than just a straight line reading of the text. If you go to dwellapp.io/happyrant. Uh, you can get a thirty three percent discount off of the subscription, so they can do monthly. Um, I'm sorry, they can do annual subscriptions or they can do lifetime subscriptions and you get the 33% discount off of either. It comes out to less than $2 a month with the subscription, so well worth it. Check out dwellapp.io slash happyrant. Get your discount. Try it out. I think they're also doing a free trial right now. So if you go to their website, you can check that out um, just to see if you like it. They know that people are both more anxious and have some more time on their hands. At least some of you do. So it's a good time to try out something like this. There it is. That's good business by you, Pipe, as always, even with my jagged transition into it. And speaking of big business, boys, speaking of huge business, I want to talk about the personality business. Uh, I want to talk about uh, a conversation about understanding different personality types other than our own um, and kind of figuring out how other people think or feel or process and are motivated. So within the kind of like huge industry that has become uh, Enneagram related stuff and just personality typologies, et cetera. Um, what, how, how have you guys learned, uh, to, to understand different personality types, I guess is the question. Like we, we tend to do these things and just fixate on our own type and we, we see everything through the filter of, of ourselves. But, um, Ronald, this, this quarantine has given you more time to think about personality stuff. Um, what, what do you, what do you think about this? What are, what are the most difficult personality types for you to connect with? Let's start there. Mm. Man, that's a really good question. Yeah. Gosh, I, you know, I think, um, I think the one that's come, that's come to hit me the hardest in the last year or two years is sort of that very uh, fear-driven personality. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it, it's very, very suspicious mm-hmm. kind of personality mm-hmm. where it's like no matter what you do at some point um, – you're going to be sort of you're going to become a target to that person because they can't possibly imagine that you have their best interests in mind. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really a lot of their own fear stuff that they haven't worked through and mm-hmm. just kind of kind of a fear that turns into a paralysis for them. Yeah. Um, and, and it has to turn everybody else into the enemy as a mm-hmm. way for them to you know kind of hide behind their shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the ways um, 
it's going to sound like a bit of a book promo, but one of the ways that I've, I've been able to learn more about this by this new Chuck DeGroat book, When Narcissism Comes to Church. Mm-hmm. And um, so this book has just been amazing. Um, I, I started a couple of days ago. I'm almost done with it. Oh man, just, I, I, I thought that I thought that was like a uh, I thought that was like a a biography of multiple megachurch pastors. <laughs> well, I mean, it 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 actually isn't. I mean, it really has like this total. It, 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 I could see why you would think that, but like it it, mm-hmm. it really ranges. So it he kind of covers he kind of covers like a church staff scenario. Um, so it's really um, it's really diverse in how in how he describes these different personalities, but. Narcissism, according to DeGroat, is sort of the big sort of undiscovered and dealt with thing that we see as that has been the result of a lot of these downfalls in these churches. And so I've, I've kind of witnessed that. I've, I've been kind mm-hmm. of, a, you know, in some ways a victim to that. And I probably have some of my own narcissistic tendencies that I'm learning about that I'm learning to work through as well. Um, and so I don't know. This has been really helpful. But yeah, but I think it's that what I just said, man, it's that it's that it's that very like paralyzing fear-driven um personality type and it's just it you know it, it's been really damaging to me for sure but dude yeah. so I'm, I'm interested in this narcissism thing like what is he and not having read the book piper have you read it i haven't no i've i'd only seen like the cover of it and it looks a lot like a national geographic cover when you just see the mm-hmm. image so i i didn't know what i was huh. looking at so i'm i'm glad ronnie brought it up i wasn't even aware that it was a kind of a a, a book of significance Interesting. Um, like, what's he calling narcissism? Because I think when we think about narcissism, we tend to think about like, I don't know, the Kardashians or some like big over the top, uh, you know, celebrity kind of manifestations of narcissism. But like, how does he how does he see it manifest in a local church context? Yeah, I mean, I don't have like I can't go to his definition because I don't I can't, yeah, can't yeah. get to it. But it's it's basically he talks about shame a lot. So he yeah. talks about sort of this undealt with shame that lies at the heart of most of us. And some, some of us have just healthier ways of dealing with that and um, Mm -hmm. being aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other, you know, others that don't, that get put into leadership positions. um, It ends up being something that um, is masked in a church con in church context. So we might look at a narcissistic leader and we might say, Oh, but he's so gifted or he's such a visionary leader, or he's just really following God's call or he just demands you know, he just wants everything to be excellent. And so yeah. it gives a lot of these men and women um, excuses to lead in a way that um, at the end of the day, um, these are just people that have not dealt with the shame that has been really like sort of hidden in their own lives for years and years that needs to mm-hmm. be dealt with. But is just coming out in all of these damaging ways for people on a church staff who are working yeah. underneath them. And um, and we've seen it like with the big like so yeah going back to what you said pipe like these big mega falls by mm-hmm. these dudes um, we've seen that really uh, express itself like in, in really dramatic and sort of public ways with some of these bigger guys over the last few years well, yeah when Ted when you were talking about seeing narcissism as you know kind of this thing for the Kardashians or these kind of crazy celebrities I was like that just mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of these pastors to me the, the more you sure. find out. Yeah. You know, and again, it's it's a small number of pastors who have made a lot of big news, but yeah. it sounds just like the the insanity of the Kardashians in terms of the demands that are made, the me firstness, the complete sort of out of touchness with um, anybody else's anybody else's perspective, point of view, whatever. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of parallels between like crazy Hollywood and crazy church. 
Yeah, no, I think there are a pipe and that's, I don't know what that's a function of, right? Maybe that's a function of our culture being too, too dialed into the Hollywood mindset, the kind of influencer mindset, et cetera. So I have a, I have a follow up question for both of you guys on this. Do you think like given, given what you know about, you know, let's just say the Enneagram, um, do you think there's a typology that's best like suited for leadership? Because everybody thinks they're a leader, you know, it's, it's kind of part and parcel with like the leadership industry to sort of make everybody feel like they're a leader. But do you think there's a typology or two that's most suited for it? Does that make sense? I don't, Yeah, I think, um, Oh, go ahead. Pat. I don't think so. Uh, not, 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 you know, if you it, just taking the Enneagram, for example, there yeah. are, there are traits of the different numbers that are more stereotypically like leadershipy in terms of yeah. driven or, you know, achieving or competitive. But again, those mm-hmm. are also the ugly, the ugly side of a lot of leadership. And then if you take, you know, you take an Enneagram four, there's there's a there's a great opportunity for creativity there but also a great opportunity for mm-hmm. like navel gazing pride and different things all <laughs> the all the numbers have a really ugly side to them and yeah. that's the that's the part of the enneagram people ignore we just like to yeah. talk about the things about us that make us unique and fail to look at the part that you're like oh that's the ugly side of me um right. and and so I don't think one number is more suited to leadership than another. I think all the numbers are equally prone to to the ugly side. So I'm, you know, you guys are mm-hmm. both fours, I think. Uh, I'm an yeah. eight, and all of us have the capacity to be total disasters at, yeah. you know, as parents, as leaders, as husbands, as whatever. Like we we are, we have, and 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 fours and eights are very different. But we can mm. we can masterfully screw this thing up too. <laughs> Most definitely, baby. Do you have trouble like being a leader as a four? Like for me, I just have no interest in leading. You know what I mean? Like the idea of leading or power or like people following is just it's not a thing that I feel remotely interested in. So do you do you have trouble like gearing yourself up to be a leader as a four? Yeah, I wouldn't say. I mean, that's a really good question. I, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. gear up. I think just as a four. I'm going to have a particular leadership style mm-hmm. that is going to function well in certain areas and then not as well in other areas. Right. Because I'm, yeah. I, I tend to be, I'm too individualist. So I'm going to yeah. have to really, I'm going to really have to recognize that working with a team that, yes. you know, I'm a little more like a, of an individualist creator type. Yeah, and yeah. that can be a, that can be a great thing if you're aware of that and then you empower other people, you know, mm-hmm. to, to kind of run in the lanes that they've been gifted to run in. But it, you can you can become a little too self-serving if you're not careful. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah. So, I mean, that can be that can be a massive challenge. But to to pipes what pipe said, though, it's true. All of us. The thing that's great about the Enneagram, by the way, Chuck DeGroat, he goes he's a massive Enneagram guy. So he takes he kind of takes these narcissistic personalities and he applies them to every personality type on the Enneagram, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of you kind of find yourself in there a little bit. And not, of course, not everybody has narcissistic you know, uh, disorders either. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but what's, but what's interesting is that, um, to pipes comment, you know, we all have a little bit, uh, we all have a percentage of each personality type. Some of us just have more or less. So mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a four, but I got a ton of seven and eight in me. So mm-hmm. when it comes to certain leadership, when it comes to certain kinds of leadership, like you'll see, you'll see my eight just pinging, right. Or yeah. you'll see my, my seven just literally like hitting the red on some things. Now that's either going to be resourceful or in a non-resourceful way, depending on where I go, 
you know, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm doing well or not doing well. But I think, um, yeah, I think, I think when we talk about leadership in general, um, there are certain personality types that you tend to see in the church world more than other types. So like you see a lot of threes are church uh-huh. planners because they get stuff done and they're mm-hmm. super like, and they go after it. They're workaholics. They just mm-hmm. nonstop, just production. Right. And mm-hmm. you see a ton of eights. So you see yeah. a ton of eights and a ton of threes that are leading churches that are planning churches. And yeah. that's kind of, so that there's a commonality right with that. And um, dude, honestly, most of the, most of the pastors I know are eights. A lot um, of eights. A lot of eights, a lot of Winston Churchills. In the reformed world, you get a lot of ones and fives too. That's true. You know, yeah, you, that's true. a lot of people who let's say you know the 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 perfectionist type. So everything just so because these are these are like the the anti church growth types. So the mm-hmm. the scholarly theologian, very particular about yeah. about doctrine and and whatnot, and and then also very they lean will lean more introverted. So they're going to be like, I preach on Sundays and then I hole up and study. So I think, I think different, I think the more church planting, church growth, church network types. Yeah. You get threes and eights in the more doctrine driven environments. You get a lot of ones and fives. Yeah, that's true. And they, and they probably might still have a high percentage of eight in them because they, they still might be like really kind of powerful leader types as well. But yeah. They do, they do it behind their laptop and commentaries, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's really, it's so interesting how like, like varied and diverse the whole thing is. Um, but I think it's been helpful for me um, just sort of in learning more about myself and then learning about, you know, more about others that I work with so that my reaction to them isn't just, why are you doing this? And why do you say this? And why do you react this way? But it's like, it helps me like understand a little bit more on why they think, why they do what they do. And so I, I kind of dig it a little bit. So, well, but you know what, Mike? Go ahead, Pipe. Go ahead. I was going to say, following up on what Ronnie just said as a, as a question, so it helps you understand different things about them. But Ted's original question was, what is the personality type or what types of personality? So not thinking Enneagram specifically, but just personality yeah. traits that you struggle yeah. to understand and connect with. Fear and anxiety are ones that I'm like, I don't, I don't, know, how to, I don't know how to connect well with anxious people. Yeah, because I'm just I'm almost never anxious. And now that's a matter of pride for me because it, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just not that worried about stuff, which um, I don't I don't think it's a choice. I think that's just sort of the way I'm wired. But yeah. so even understanding that somebody else is fear driven doesn't really help me understand them more because I'm like, that's just understanding that they're speaking a different language than me. I don't understand their language. So yeah. how does Ronnie? How does it ha- help you understand them if they're just dramatically different than you? Well, I think what it does. I mean, that's a really good question, Pipe. I think what it does is it helps me not react unresourcefully out of my own fear toward them. Right. So it helps me pause a little bit. It helps me be a little more compassionate. It helps me understand that they're dealing with things that maybe are have been really hard for them to deal with, or they're really unaware of. And then at least it helps me with, with whatever tools that I'm still accumulating, um, you know, help talk about fear and anxiety and how that's affecting them and where we need to go when we're living lives that are just permeated by those things. And so if anything, it helps me to slow down, not freak out, be compassionate and um, find ways that, that I can help them, you know, rather than just react to their fear with, 
with my own stuff or my own fear. Um, so, I mean, that's just, that's just one thing I think for me, but. Okay. Yeah. Like when I, when I hear people who are, who are, um, anxious and I don't, I don't mean like an anxiety, kind of the, 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 a mental health sort of anxiety, but more kind of what you were describing where they just function from a worst case scenario mindset, um, Uh or a fear-based mindset. My initial reaction to that is always, well, that's just not true. Like you right. are functioning from a position of believing things that are not true and mm-hmm. which is not a great starting place for understanding somebody because it, it, because the, I mean, my initial stance towards them is, well, you're wrong. And mm-hmm. that doesn't lend itself to very fruitful conversation or working environment or, uh, or, you know, kind of coming to a place of what in a work environment, you know, cohesive, cohesive decision-making in a friendship, you know, it's hard when, when you're just constantly looking at, looking at them and going, you are so full of it. So that, I think that's my biggest struggle with it is just looking at them and going, that's not true. Yeah. I think what it does is it like, it helps you not be so black and white um, and understand that there's something about our black and whiteness that that's coming from a particular place that's coming from a particular insecurity as well. And so I think learning to understand that too, it helps you slow your role. Other than just rather than just saying that's not true, you're saying, well, it's true for you for some particular reason. And maybe we can kind of get under the surface and unpack that a little bit. But, so you're saying it's I'm, their you know. truth. That's what I heard you say. No, and I don't I'm not trying to say that in some quasi like new agey, like let's go to a Grateful Dead concert kind of a way. I'm, I'm saying like I'm Rob saying Bell, like, everybody. There, there's, <laughs> there's a reason why somebody's feeling that way. So instead of just saying that's not true. Can we move on? It's like, well, let's, let's find out why it's feeling true for you. No, I, I understood what you were saying. It's just that the way that you said it was (laughs) sounded strikingly close to, well, that's true for you. Like, Oh good. It's 1997 again. Fun. I mean, guys, don't give me the benefit of the doubt. It's cool. We've only been doing this for five years. (laughs) Why, why would we assume that Ronnie is wise and understanding people when we could make fun of him instead? Dude, you know what's my biggest, you know what my biggest fear is boys? My my biggest fear is that this Enneagram is going to come and go and we're not going to capitalize on it at all financially. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like everybody, I feel like literally every like middle-aged white person in Christendom has already capitalized on this thing financially and made a buck off the Enneagram. And when are we going to do it, Talk on it? And how? Lead me. Only, I want to be the led only in way, this. The only way you can do it is, is becoming a certified like Enneagram. Like, uh, Who you certifies know, uh, you? consultationist <laughs> yeah this thing has existed for like 20 minutes who's doing the certifying this what is, is so what is good. the certification this is like this is like when jeep calls their own cars trail rated well you gave yeah. yourself a designation congratulations <laughs> yeah that's what it is and then you can walk around wearing like the trail rated t-shirt after that yeah dude i wouldn't last until lunch on day one of one of these enneagram certification seminars without like gouging my eyes out with a fork i can yeah, i think I think you dig it, man. I'm not kidding. I think you oh, dig it. I don't, I, yeah, uh, I don't I know. I think you dig it, T. I think it'd be, I know what you're thinking, but like think the other thing that you could be thinking, and that's what I think you'd be thinking. Maybe I think it would depend who is teaching it. You know what I mean? Uh, one, 100, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I tried to listen to an Enneagram podcast one time, and I, I like hated everything for the rest of the day. It was, it was too much. It was too much feelings. Yeah, those Uh, things can be, I mean, yeah, those things can be a little janky, but I think like I've done some of the Enneagram like training stuff. And if you get the right guy, 
it is it is like totally gripping. It's really fascinating. And that's not even my thing, boys. Yeah. Like I'm not like I'm not really that guy, but like it just totally gripped me. And I was like, wow, that's that's interesting. I, Maybe I think, when are you going to get certified as an Enneagram trainer? And then we can monetize this thing together. He can do it while we're podcasting. Just just take a crayon and write it on some paper. I am Enneagram certified. <laughs> it's like Ron Swanson's note that says I can do any I can do whatever I want. That's that's well, Ron certification. Been doing that the last, like, I've been doing that the last fifteen minutes on the pod, technically. So yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's just that you've had enough you've gone to enough of enough of these like certification webinar things that you're like, okay, I can cohesively speak and teach through the Enneagram. That's all it Maybe is. Maybe let's start a Zoom podcast about the Enneagram and, and open it with some nice like pan flute music and uh, <laughs> I don't know, call, call it that. Let's scrap this movie thing and uh, let's let's do a, a hard pivot into the Enne. I already have, dude, I already have the title. I'm going to call it the Enneagram because I want to play some Enya. Oh, yeah, a little, like that song from Far and Away? Yes. By Enya? Yeah, yeah, yes. let's do dun, it. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that whole Yeah, song. yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, that song was dope, and also like the nineties thing ever. Yeah, no, it I was dope. It. But yeah, I want to do the Enya Gram for sure. The Enya Gram, dude. I wonder what she's doing now, Enya. You know what I mean? Is she making any new music? And by new, you mean the same one song that she's recorded over the uh, twelve albums? Yeah, I think she's still totally. Doing it. I'm here for that song though. Absolutely, Definitely. absolutely. Ted. In fact, we're in a time of crisis. We should be hearing a new Enya song. You know, drop for the world anytime now. Dude, we should. We need that, man. We need Enya Gram. Dude, she could yeah. do that. She can soundtrack our Enneagram conference. 100%. She could do the the official like album release of of our conference. I'm looking up Enya right now to see what she's up to, man. Dude, please do. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, go Piper, on. Are you familiar with like Enya? Might ac- I feel like Enya might actually be like an amalgamation of different computer geeks who put together music, <laughs> and like Enya's not a real person. That oh could no, be true. Enya's <laughs> definitely a real person. I yeah, want to believe it. <laughs> she is. I'm look. I'm looking at her right now. Really? She, she broke her everything, silence. Ronald. She broke her silence on in 2015, but nobody's heard a peep since. Oh, so. What was she being silent about? I, I don't that know. makes me sad. Yeah, I don't huh. know. Yeah. Huh. She's crazy. Yeah. Ted, well, what personality type is the hardest for you to uh, yeah. to get along with, connect with, understand, resonate with, yeah, etc.? Tell us. Dude, honestly, I think one's like perfectionist because they're always talking about how they're perfectionists and how type A they are. And I don't know. I feel like if they would just dial back the type A talk a little bit, it would be a lot easier for me. You know what I mean? It's like we get it. You're type A. You're motivated. I, I get it. I see your planner. You know, it's very impressive. Let's can we? You know, can we just get past it? I think uh, I think ones are are the toughest for me. Perfectionist. Um, yeah, that's a yeah. tough one. Yeah, yeah. perfectionist. Because we live in such an imperfect world, right? Yeah, like it's just there's there's no such thing. There's it's no not going to be perfect. You know. Um, and, and not that I don't like ones, like I've, I've gotten along swimmingly with a lot of ones. I just, I have trouble getting deep with them, I guess. You know what I mean? I have trouble like going, um, to a really authentic place, I guess with, uh, with ones. Well, the other thing about ones too, is that they're like, they're kind of known for being rule followers. So does that kind of drive you a little batty? It drives me a little batty because it's status quo. Yeah. If I think a rule is stupid, I just don't follow it. Um, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) this is, this is why we're terrible for each other. (laughs) <laughs> why, why is that be, because i'm the exact same way like i yeah. if i look at a rule and i'm like well that doesn't make sense it then it doesn't exist it's just mm-hmm. that's a suggestion um yeah. by somebody Dude, who drives my wife understand. nuts because she is a rule follower um and yeah, she's same a, with mine yeah. yeah she's a sweet lady and like she wants to 
she wants to do the right thing. And she she is like, she is your your living present conscience is what she is. Yeah, Dude, she really is, man. God basically. bless her. So she plays a very important role. So I'm uh, I'm engaged to a one, and uh, and and I've discovered something. So my impression of ones was that they're like perfectionists for everybody else. You know, uh-huh. so they're kind of telling everybody else how things should work. Yeah. But I've come to realize I think it's more that they just they they are never satisfied with their own their own work. So every, there's there's always a sense of like I could have done so if they make a cake or they make dinner for everybody or whatever and it's everybody's just raving about how good it is. They're focusing on the one thing they could have done better. You know, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. potatoes weren't mm-hmm. creamy enough or when I decorated the cake, the flour wasn't right or whatever. And so it's always, it's always, a, it's a self-focused thing and that can project out or if they're in charge of yeah. something, it can be a little bit high strung, but yeah, definitely rule follower as well, which, which I have very mixed feelings about because I, I'm not one, but it's mm-hmm. very beneficial to have somebody who's like, no, you should you should really follow the rules on this one. It Dude, would, they just rein you, you in. Yeah, they yeah, they do. They rein you in. Just, That's a good, yeah, which is not a bad thing because it's like I can't tell you how many times Big M has been like, just don't say that, and I'm like, well, I just don't care, and she's like, mm-hmm. but you should care on this one. Yeah, yeah. And then she'll no, explain good. it to me. I pull back. You know, a minute later, I look at her. I go, oh, there it is. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. So I, it's good. nice. It's nice. Yeah, it it's is, nice. It is nice. It it's nice, nice to have somebody that puts the, that, that's reading the manual. That's what I like to call it because I don't read the manual. It's just not who I am, you know. Baby, what's uh, what's Jared's personality type? Is he oh, three? Dude, I have, gosh, yeah, there has to be a lot of three in him. I, I have mm-hmm. no idea. Maybe a four three. Oh, three, get four. out of here! You guys have talked about this ad nauseum. I've never talked to Jared C about any about the enneagram. I've never. Are you, discussed, are you even real friends? Yeah, seriously. Are you even like? Massaging his shoulders right now. Guys, Come on. I don't know. I don't we, we haven't gotten to the beach with the khakis yet. I don't know how good of friends we are yet, but um, that's still under you know. Are you even quarantining together? I mean, and not yet. Exactly. This puts everything into question for me. Exactly. I don't know what to believe anymore, Piper. Uh, Sorry, it's very hard. Very um, well, is so we wrapping this up so that we can do that other little bonus app thing? Yeah, let's That'd wrap. Let's wrap this one. I think we've done enough complaining about the enneagram, and uh, we have some plotting to do on how to get rich off of it. Although that's right. Although I did, I, I wrote myself a certificate that said I was certified. So I've I've taken a big first step. Awesome. Dude, can awesome. we can we use the word coach too? Enneagram coach. Yes. Barnabas well, Piper. I think I think Ronnie is like he's already next level because he keeps using the words like resourceful and non-resourceful, which I haven't incorporated into my vocabulary for this this realm. So he's clearly yeah. leg up on the two of us, Ted. We have some catching up to do. Dude, Ronnie's more of a guru. He's at like Enneagram guru level, well, like with a beard. And um, you're a coach, Piper, because you're an eight. You know, you're more of a coach type. So we can we can make money off both of you, though. And uh, as, could you, as could you be I like an Enneagram paper, memoirist? I could. I could. I could. I could write. I could write their stories. Write your pain. You know, um, I'll be that guy. I'll, I'll be the like the archivist, the memoirist. And um, dude, all, all kidding aside. Um, I had this student, this really funny student, my first year or two as a professor. And we had this thing where, like, we would write people a chapter of a romance novel. Like, we we had a questionnaire we would give them. And then we would write them, like, a chapter of a romance novel. And it was, it was, always, um, it was always really funny. And, uh, How did you do that without getting, like, me tooed to death? Well, um, we, we would just do it for, like, guys. Like, guys okay. that wanted to laugh, basically. Gotcha. So, um, guys who were, like... 
un- unlucky in love. And um, in our narratives, they would always be like blacksmiths or like, you know, horsemen or uh, <laughs> all the all the all the uh, tropes. Of- yeah, Do some- we still have horsemen? Something right. Yeah, no, I don't think we have horsemen. I mean, anymore, Vladimir but- Putin's sort of a horseman. It's like his favorite thing. So, yeah, there are always yeah, I want to grow up and be stuff. a horseman. Nobody sets a romance up. novel in like modern day, though. They were all they were always like, you know, frontier frontiersmen. But um, anyway, boys, we are. We are new radio frontiersmen in that we are closing our homes, yet we are still bringing um, this product to you multiple times a week now. I, I think it's safe to say multiple times a week. Um, and we've done what we always do, boys, in that we've wandered to and fro throughout the Enneagram. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.